Hi friends, Gerald Law here. Welcome to the Love Lake Norman podcast. Love Lake Norman is a church in Cornelius, North Carolina, whose mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. You're about to hear a message that will be helpful and hopeful. Our goal is to encourage you to take the next step in your faith. Wherever you are, we want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, it is uh, Mother's Day today. We love and appreciate all of you moms that are out there. But listen, underneath the surface, it's been a tough year. It's been tough in a lot of ways, tough in some ways that, that sometimes the church doesn't acknowledge. We're coming out of this, this pandemic, but not without some changes, not without some scars. For a lot of us, this year has been the most mentally and emotionally challenging year of our lives. It's been stressful. We've been worried about a lot of things, worried about our health, about our family members and their friends. Your marriage may have struggled this year because of this. You may have had a job change because of all of this. We've all experienced disruption. If you're a student, it's been really tough. Zoom classes, You've been stuck in your rooms, at least for a while you were, you've been in isolation. I wanna say that first of all, we recognize that. We see you, we know you're not alone. And all of this leads to a greater possibility of anxiety and depression and addictive behaviors and isolation and a feeling like you're in this spiritual desert. And the thing that compounds all of that is that we haven't always handled the struggle of the pandemic well. Our our, our tendency is to wanna make ourselves just feel better Our tendency is also to ignore the deeper issues. And so we we push away the underlying issues in our our lives that this last year has exposed. And we medicate, we isolate, we distract ourselves. It's what happens when you experience loss, the loss of, of things not going how you thought that they would. So we try to do anything to make ourselves feel better. Like I'm gonna have an extra drink or two or three I'm gonna eat another piece of cake. I'm gonna binge watch that show. I'm gonna play that video game all the time. I'm gonna shop a lot. Maybe I'm gonna take actual medication, prescription or otherwise. And that's why we're doing this series. Not that it's bad to watch TV or have a beer or have a piece of pie or play a video game. It's just that as a culture, we are dealing with this stress in some pretty unhealthy ways and we're not always getting at the root issues and that is going to hurt you if you continue to ignore what's really going on we we want so badly to be in control we give ourselves the illusion in our lives that we are but the the painful beauty okay of something like this last year is that it exposes us as control freaks who are out of control who can't control our lives or even really ourselves so What do we do? This series is called Back on Track. It's our attempt as a church to discuss some things that aren't often discussed, to address uh, issues that have come up over the last year, to speak some light into the darkness, to speak to issues of spiritual stagnation, of addiction, of mental health and isolation. It's not to answer all the questions about those things and fix you. We've already spent enough time this year trying to fix ourselves, that doesn't really work. It's more to say, hey, we can't fix ourselves and that's okay because God wants you to invite him into your mess. God wants you to allow him to walk beside you. 
So each week for the next four weeks, we're gonna look at a different issue. Next week, we're, we're gonna talk about depression and anxiety. The week after that, we're gonna talk about addiction. And the final week, we're gonna talk about the effects of isolation. And the amazing thing is that Jesus and the scriptures speak to all of these things. What we're gonna find is that these things, these issues don't, didn't just arise because of COVID. They've been with us forever. What we hope you're gonna also find is that there are some pathways ahead that will lead to hope and lead to health. And if you're struggling in one or more of these areas, we hope you'll find those pathways yourself. Or that uh, if you have a friend, right, or a family member who's struggling, that you'll bring them with you, you'll share this with them, and that, that you'll know how to begin to establish healthy patterns in your own life and to help them as well. And if this isn't you right now, you'll, you'll learn some ways to avoid pitfalls in the future. Uh, and I wanna say personally too, that I am a work in progress in all of these areas. If I'm sharing something that sounds wise, it's, it's probably because it's either from the scriptures or it's from a little bit of life experience or possibly maybe even more likely it's from an expert that I've been relying on during this series. People like Brene Brown, people like Dan Allender, Larry Crabb, Gordon McDonald, and other people who have written extensively about mental health and spirituality and the church. Um, I spent time in therapy, in counseling, after my wife passed away, and I will say that it was one of the best decisions I ever made. Therapy is not the only answer, but it is a great tool that we should all be taking advantage of, and I firmly believe all of us would benefit from sitting with someone who will help us understand more about ourselves. Today, I wanna kick off this series by talking about what I believe is the foundation of all of this. This area has the potential to affect everything else about you. And it is like if you're, if you're like building a house, the deepest ground, the most solid rock that you wanna start building your foundation on. But, but it's underground, it's invisible. You don't see the foundation. It always doesn't scream for your, in your face for attention like, like your emotions do. It doesn't call out for help often. So it's easy for this deepest part of our lives, even though it's the most critical part, it's easy for it to go ignored. I wanna show you a picture of something. This is a picture of a sinkhole. Now sinkholes don't happen a ton around where we live, although sometimes they do. They, they happen a lot in places like Florida where the soil is sandy and it's looser and there's more water around underground. When, when we become aware of a sinkhole, it's, it's because the ground suddenly gives way. It seems to cave in. And it can be a perfectly beautiful home on a gorgeous green yard and suddenly a hole develops and it becomes larger and larger and larger until suddenly it swallows the entire house or the whole road or half of a building. But what we know about sinkholes is that, hey, long before you could tell on the outside, there were warning signs deep within that the water started to seep away and pull the dirt and sand away little by little by little until there was a tipping point. And, and once that tipping point was hit, there's nothing you can do. You have a total collapse. Now that leaves everyone wondering, how could that have happened? It seems so sudden. It's like it came out of nowhere and we're so surprised. And the answer is it took years. You have a soul. Beneath these things that we think make us up, our brains, our bodies, the decisions we make, the emotions we feel, the, the mistakes we've made, the failures that we've had, the, the successes that we've had as well, beneath all of those things, there's something more to you. There's something more to you than just those things. There's something that's like the foundation of your house. It doesn't, doesn't cry out for attention most of the time. It's invisible, it can easily go unnoticed. And because that's true, it can easily go neglected. 
Now, during the pandemic, I, I think that we've neglected this area of our lives even more than usual, and it's your soul, your spiritual center. It doesn't cry out to us, and, and so we choose to address our struggles in other ways, by numbing ourselves, by, by pushing off the soul work for another day. And so we medicate, we drink, we eat, we binge watch, we shop, we isolate. And while, while that's going on, the inside is just getting eaten slowly away through neglect and a bad approach to handling our pain. And, and then you have a collapse, a sinkhole, and everybody wonders, how could that have happened? He seemed to have it all together. I, I, thought that, I thought that she had it so neatly figured out in her life. Brene Brown says that some of us, for some of us, the goal is to have everything so neat and nice and organized like in a little bento box in our lives. But there's a collapse and we wonder why. What could have happened? If you're feeling like you're off track with your spiritual life, like, like, like you're in a spiritual desert and this pandemic has only made it worse, I have some good news for you. You're not alone, first of all. One of the biggest issues the church has is the inability to admit that something's wrong. Like we walk in here and, and we walk around and, and you walk into the rest of your, like you walk into the rest of your lives feeling like you can't have a problem if you're in the church. Like if you admit something's wrong, everyone will think that you are less than and they'll look at you like this unicorn just walked into the room or they will worse, just ignore you. The Bible's full of real people, guys, like real people with real struggles and around every corner on every page, somebody's dealing with something big. And, and God communicates over and over again his goals for you, not just for your job or your marriage or your kids or your purpose. He communicates his goal for your, your soul. One of the guys you would think in the Bible who would have had it all together, he was, he was king of Israel. After all, he was one of the most honest when it came to his struggles. David had issues. And, and if you think you have issues, David had like real issues. Not that yours aren't real, but chances are you haven't had the husband of the woman you had an affair with killed. Have you? Okay, like good. Um, but, but there are these brilliant moments where David is at the end of his rope and he recognizes that it is his soul that needs care. And he writes some incredible words that I wanna share with you. Our goal for you today is to realize that in order to start getting your life back on track, you have to start not with your habits or your hangups, but with your soul. Because when we are at that level, then the other things can begin to be sorted out too. Now David wrote a lot of the Psalms. These are the songs in the Bible. They're full of like honesty and heartache and beauty. And the most familiar one is the one I'm gonna share with you today for, for, for just a few minutes here. My, my challenge to you is this. I want you to see it as, a, as David's confession. Like, like some people in the self-help world will tell you to repeat phrases to yourself. You know, like, I'm strong and I'm confident and doggone up, people like me. You know, and you repeat those things over and over to yourself. I think that's what David was doing. But here, instead of making it about himself, the self-help thing, he was, no, he knew that if he didn't involve God in the picture at the deepest level, his, his soul that he would be lost. It's Psalm 23, it's just six verses, and, and here's how it begins. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Now, now stop right there, a, she a shepherd is, is, is not only a gentle presence, a shepherd is a fierce protector. He provides everything the sheep need to survive, and David is immediately establishing this fact. God is the shepherd, which means that I am the sheep. If you know anything about sheep, you know that they cannot survive for long on their own. They are uh, not smart, okay? They cannot protect themselves 
from the elements. They have a hard time finding food on their own. The, the, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The, the, the uh, writer and researcher Brene Brown says that one of the greatest human needs is to feel that I am worthy. That when we feel it, it leads to a strong and confident and peaceful life. But if we don't feel it, it can lead to a lifetime of struggle. What David is saying is that I am worthy and I'm worthy because God says I'm worthy. And this is, that is a Loctite, that is foolproof, nothing. Nothing can change that. I lack nothing, he says. I have everything I need because God has provided it as my shepherd. Now, some of you need to hear this more than anything else today. You are worth it. You're worth it just based on who you are, not what you do. Second verse is this, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He, he guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. We, we are like driven people. And I mean, like we value that being driven more than almost anything. What you can get done, what you can accomplish, how you can squeeze every second out of every single day. This is why the cell phone was invented, right? Because we couldn't stand to not be connected and available at any given moment, day or night. Our culture coached us to do this, by the way. Some of you used to wear beepers. I never wore a beeper, but some of you did. And do you remember those? Like, do you remember why you wore those? So you could be more productive. There was a point before the iPhone was invented in the early 2000s when I carried a cell phone, probably in a case strapped to my belt, I, I, I know, an iPod and something else called a Palm Pilot. And all of those were in the name of productivity, all in my pockets. Isn't it interesting then that God's desire for us is first and foremost is not to take the next hill for him, it's to take a walk with him, to sit with him beside still waters. When's the last time you've done that? If it's been a while, do you know, do you know why? Your first calling is to simply be with him. And I'm intentional using the word calling, which is kind of churchy, kind of a churchy word, but it's that strong, it's that significant. Calling, why is this true? It's probably true for a lot of reasons, but one of them is this. He knows that your mental health depends on it. I think it's interesting that David's first line is, he makes me lie down. Because we kind of need him to make us lie down. Sometimes if you have kids, you know what I mean. You have to make your kids lie down occasionally if they're little. But it's only after we lie down, only after we sit beside the still waters, it's only after we intentionally slow down and experience his presence, it's only then that the refreshing can come. Your first calling is simply to be with him. And verse four says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Sometimes we orient everything around doing whatever it takes to avoid pain. And hey, nobody likes pain, right? But when we constantly try to arrange every relationship and every business opportunity and, and, and all of our church involvement and everything, so that we have the least amount of conflict possible, we're never prepared for when the difficulty actually comes. And it does come. David says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, it's going to happen. We shouldn't seek after pain, but hey, we shouldn't be afraid of it either. Why? Because, because you will walk through dark valleys, but never alone. You will walk through dark valleys, but never alone. 
God has something to teach us in our pain that we cannot learn any other way. The healthiest people I know accept this as a fact, that the valley doesn't last forever and that God may just want to teach me something in it and that I'll experience his presence in a way through the dark valley that is different than anywhere else in my life. And then he says these words, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. What, what David is saying is, hey God, you never let my enemies get the best of me. You always have my, feet, have, have my back. You, you don't let them determine my future. Um, I liked my high school days, un unlike some of you I did, but I went to a school where there were a lot of rich kids and they all dressed a certain way I could describe it to you. They all drove certain cars I could describe them to you. And that was just like the beginning of the pressure that I felt that we all feel in life to keep up, to subtly let someone else determine whether I am worthy or not. David is landing on this incredible truth about our souls. Other people don't have to determine your worth and value. Other people don't. And, and so then David closes with these, with these words. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. One of the greatest human needs is to feel worthy, like you're worth it, that you have inherent value. And when you do, you're able to be confident in who you are. You're able to be secure in your relationship with God and you're able to be vulnerable with other people, that you are able to take risks like that, even, even when you're unsure how things will play out. And that belief that you're worthy, it doesn't start by just pumping yourself up more, it starts in a relationship with God where you see Him for who He really is. A God who deeply loves you, who wants to walk with you beside still waters, through dark valleys, and ultimately into a joy-filled life. Now here's the bottom line. It's this, a rock solid belief that you're worthy leads to a life of joy. A rock solid belief that you're worthy leads to a life of joy. And if you can start there, you're well on your way to getting back on track. Let's pray. God, I'm so grateful that you come along and first and foremost, you're just, you just wanna be with us. What an amazing thought that is. It's almost an overwhelming thought that you're not requiring us to do and do and do more and, and all of these things. God, you're first and foremost inviting us into a relationship, inviting us to walk beside still waters. There are a lot of us who have spent this last year struggling and worrying and stressed. Would you just speak to us now and draw us back to those still waters where we can sit with you and be refreshed. I pray this in the amazing name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we wanna encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.